0: Welcome back to Try Not To Die. I'm your DM, your deadly magma, Noah Pareto, and I'm here with our lone hero.
1: Lisa Condemi, aka Gorgonzola, back with my tusk, my companion is brusque, I've been traveling for months, and my shard is cosmic dust.
0: Oh my god. I don't even need to do the recap anymore. That's that was the it. recap, gang. Also, just want to shout you out for you came into this session with your intro. So <laughs>
1: Thank, you, thank already, you. I
0: know that I'm in trouble today because you came I
1: prepared. was looking forward to this a little bit.
0: Just a little bit.
1: Just a little bit.
0: Well, let's all dive into our little portals. It is time for the recap. Last time. Our hero recovered from their encounter with Frigidich back in the caverns of the Ouroboros. While they began to prepare for the invasion of Avarici. Sola took a moment to head out of Erta's exciting enclave to do what she had been avoided doing for quite some time, reattuning to the Tusk. With Shardy playing bongos, lending their magical strength, she managed to connect once more with her ancestral blade. However, In doing this, an effect was triggered. Our hero lost command of reality, believing that before her, the shard glitched and threatened to shatter. It begged for her to use the tusk to dispel whatever was going on, but Zola was hesitant to risk freeing Limburger. Honestly, pretty wise. What if it was all a trick? Her mind racing, she called out to Erza, who, unable to see what Zola saw, was unsure of what she was asking for. Panicking, she threw the bag of holding over the shard, revealing at the last second that it was actually limburger attempting to trick her after all. Oh boy. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> this also caused the two powerful magical items to tear a hole in reality, sucking everything within 10 feet of this central point, including the shard and her bag of holding, into the astral sea. Once again, the shard was lost, though this time they would have to travel the plains to find them. Terrified and near broken, Zola explained the rest of her story to Erza, and after a heart-to-heart, the two vowed to forge forward to finish their journey so a rescue could begin. Before bed, Zola took a quick moment to review what they knew about the dragons and Anakra, learning that Anakra had done the unthinkable to recruit the other dragons. Give them gifts. I would never. Suspiciously, the tome mentioned that six items were crafted, but neglected to say what the sixth item was or whom it was crafted for. Had Anakra perhaps given himself a trump card? After a dreamless sleep, the two awoke and continued their travels, walking into the early noon before encountering a familiar enemy, Plebo (laughs) Underpaddle, as well as two drow and a herd of golden goons that had tracked our hero deep into the mountains. The paranoid Deep Gnome vented poetic about Zola and his aspirations to spread his Lady Peregrine's good word, vowing to learn what our hero was up to and why she kept on getting in his way. As if on cue, our hero and, and Ertza <laughs> launched a Looney Tunes-style scheme. An invisible Erza with her spider climb, Zola's newest spell, scaled the ceiling and dropped Stilton onto the Omni Malum stooge to cause chaos.
1: I'm his roadrunner.
0: You are his roadrunner. Oh, man. I'm his
1: bug bunny.
0: You are the Amadeus <laughs> to his Salieri. <laughs> <laughs> was still in down a tunnel away from them the party escaped into the opposite direction plebo attempting to use the yellow spell shard he had recovered to teleport to them unfortunately for him he was unable and the group evaded capture once more This mini-adventure did, however, set them back a bit, finding that they had gone off track and would now be at risk of missing Frigidich's invasion. Hoping that even if they did miss the battle, the city would be in such disarray that they could still sneak by, the party continued before suddenly they felt a rumble and the ground tore open, exploding with lava. This was no ordinary eruption, however, as they watched it begin to swirl into a whirlpool, forming into a portal to the Plane of Fire. They knew that though it would be dangerous, they could travel through this elemental plane to go directly into Anakras' Horde, thereby circumventing the city and its defenses. Erza offered Zola a way out, but Zola refused. They were going to get that hammer no matter what. And that is where we are right now. But before we start, I have to mention that we rolled for what items Zola had on her person. Yes. Um, and not in the bag of holding, which is now in the actual sea. Uh, and we established she does have her speaking stone, but everything else. Literally, we rolled for the other things. Everything else. I have my school books. You have your books. The one, Any of the books that you had had out, but all of the books to the Hidden Library. Yes, the Hidden Library. Um, right. Your quill. Yes. So, um... It's very tragic. Everyone, take pause the podcast right now for a moment <laughs> of silence for all of the loot.
1: Oh, did we talk about my uh, horn? Did I lose my horn?
0: Let's roll. Well, you guys get a treat. This is a, what you get if you get the afterlife. You get to hear this content I think more I forgot often. to
1: put that in my inventory. I'm a bad, bad little player. Oh, you
0: know, it's because we couldn't find it on D&D oh, Beyond. Oh, you're yet. right, you're so. right. Ten. I think that we said a ten for most of the items was a success. You have your horn.
1: It was on my belt. (laughs) Which It's kind of like a cowgirl look. I definitely stuck it right there. I was like, all right, that looks good. (laughs) You can have
0: had a horn with you. So hand in hand, the three of you, never forget, still in, dive into the swirling Uh. portal of lava, feeling the heat upon your face, and wondering up until literally the last second if this was actually a portal or if you just willingly dove face first into Molten Rock. There is a flash of fire and light as you feel your form pulled forward. And while our hero passes through the planes, let me tell you a bit about where we're going. I haven't done this in a while, and I wasn't really planning on doing (laughs) this because, you know. um, All right. The plane of fire is one of the four elemental planes that make up the elemental chaos that surrounds Feyfall and the mirror planes of the Feywild and Shadowfell. Much of this plane would be a mystery to our hero, but what she may have picked up from her old copy of Ambledorf's Almanac is that, as the name suggests, flame and smoke are the dominant feature of this realm, though solid land can be found where the ashes settled for eons and crags have formed from the ever so slightly cooled magma. From the fountains of creation ruled by the Azer that border the elemental plane of Earth, through the cinder wastes to the bastion of civilization known as the City of Brass, it is a scorched plain filled with dangerous folk, many unwelcoming to strangers. A.K.A. the perfect place for our traumatized teen to tumble <laughs> out into. Gorgonzola, you fall head over heels onto this sizzling dry stone as if you had fallen horizontally oh, rather ow, ow. than vertically. Like It's like you dove forward and just like poof, on your belly and tumble over. Oh, um, road burn. <laughs> yeah, you cert- immediately do because it's so hot. You, coughing, kind of shake off the disorientation of planar travel, um, kind of wipe the ash that's already kind of covering your eyes and cough out the smoke that fills your lungs and you look out into an open plain of ash and fire. Far to the west of you is a single line of deep orange and yellows, a burning horizon, the blazing sun hanging at its zenith in the golden sky, seemingly waning slightly from white-hot to red, as if it were some sort of odd moon. You're not really sure if it parallels the time you left or not. You turn back towards where you entered this plane from and see a vast spine of black rock mountains, lava flowing from their burning peaks, a sizzling and popping crack in the black stone closest to you where you assume the portal you entered in is currently existing. Um, It seems to you that it's not like a one for one kind of thing. It's not like in order to open a portal here, it has to be a complete circle. It's like you kind of probably compressed into a very flat shape and like, (laughs) kind of grew out of this portal and tumbled out on the ground. You're not really sure if this is going to be a stable portal. There's nothing in the books about whether the portals that Anacra creates are permanent. Um, You imagine that they aren't because it's been happening for 2,000 years. And And if that were the case, there would be portals everywhere. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Um, So um, you don't necessarily know if this is going to be the way you can head back. Um, And you're also a little injured from the explosion from when that portal opened. How do you want to proceed? You see Ertza standing up next to you, you know, brushing off the ash and smoke as well. Uh, and still, in kind of.
1: <laughs> Do I see any sign of life around us, or we're the only like humanoids on the plane? Give me a perception check. Based on sight,
0: fourteen. Fourteen perception. You turn away from the burning line that is the horizon. Honestly, the cinder wastes which lie before you. Are it's like looking out into a battlefield almost. There's like hazy black smoke billowing from places, like winds kind of making it so that it's very difficult to see anything. And you feel like the only reason you could even see that horizon is because... Well, I'll just tell you it is literally like a wall of flame that it probably, if you were in front of it extended like hundreds of hundreds of hundreds of upon hundred feet in the sky. you know wow. what I mean, so that's the, you're like I see that horizon and it's above the smoke that I'm barely able to see through, okay. meaning it's a very like whatever's on the other side of this plane where the city of brass is is like very very bright, and then you kind of spin and look at the the mountains the fountains of creation um that you had heard that the azer if you listen to the narration which i assume that zola did uh, um
1: (laughs) actually told me a little bit about the azer
0: that's correct um they are like fire dwarves um they basically live supposedly in the fountains of creation uh, but their civilization is hidden to keep them safe from the other inhabitants of this plane there's no established city that you know of on this plane, aside from the city of Brass, which the Azer helped build. But in general, they actually do not get along with the Ifriti who run the city.
1: Ah. I turn to Erza. Are you okay? Are you hurt? I got singed a little.
0: Uh, honestly, I am only a little hurt. I, if we wanted to... Even just take a quick, like, find some shelter for a moment and take a quick rest, yeah, like a short maybe rest.
1: Somewhere, some overhang or something we can duck behind. Yeah. Cheese rocks.
0: Looks at the rocks as well and points out that it looks maybe about 30 or so feet up. It's almost like a cliff underneath a cliff. Like, okay. it, you know, there's, like, it's not a full tunnel, but it looks like there's been, like, rock that fell out. Something. Yeah, like, you could not comfortably kind of sit in there, uh, but still <laughs> enough to get Puddle a little in. rest.
1: Okay, yeah. I need to roll some hit die for sure.
0: All right, first give me an athletics check. Okay. And your goal here is to do this fast enough so that you're not burning your hands. Right. Mm,
1: 14.
0: 14. You take nine fire damage good um as you feel your skin burning honestly you're like halfway up when you feel some of the rock break away and it forces you to slow down which by the time you get up you look at your teal green skin and you see that it is red scorched and kind of almost a little like brown like you had like burnt your hands slightly a little bit there um and you you know have to like dust off I'll
1: lean down and give Ertz like a helping hand, like hold out my hand so that she can maybe make it up a little bit more quickly.
0: She tosses up a rope to you too so that okay. way, you know, she's able to scale it.
1: Danke, that was, it's nice of you to go first. Uh, I'm so
0: less hurt <laughs> than you that honestly I should have done this. It's
1: but. okay, I didn't realize. I forgot about the molten rock thing. Right,
0: this is incredibly hot and you see that Um, perhaps even more so than like a standard person, she is sweating a lot and she does not look well. As a pale dwarf, she has sunlight sensitivity, so she is not oh, thriving no. outdoors.
1: I didn't realize. Erta, are you sh- are you going to be okay here?
0: Yeah, I, you know...
1: There's I- nowhere we can buy a parasol, is there? Uh, give me a perception check. <laughs> it's a little uh, throwback. That's a little TBT. <laughs> um, <laughs> 21. 21. <sighs> my, uh, umbrella stand something, or... <laughs>
0: How do I let this work?
1: No, no, it shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't, by the laws of the you, land.
0: You <laughs> scan the rocks, and you suddenly see what looks like a perfect rock formation of an umbrella. Like somehow the lava cooled in a way that, like, it really does look like maybe an abstract Let's magma st- have umbrella. Have you
1: stand under here?
0: All right. Uh <laughs> <laughs> shuffles underneath Dunka, I guess.
1: Um well, I guess we'll strip off our our jackets and stuff.
0: Yes, she has a bag of holding, so if oh, she'll Cold. store anything of yours, Here your be Okay. Yeah.
1: With?
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm I promise I'm not going to steal this from you. I There's probably really won't no.
1: need it for super long after this. So. Yes.
0: Here's hoping that we are well, Actually, let's hope that we do need it. Thinking positively, remember, because that means we would get back and we would be in the snowy mountains (laughs) away from the scorching sun. Right. So, yeah, you can roll your hit die if there's anything else you want to do during this time. I'll say that this is kind of an expedited short rest, like around 30 or so minutes.
1: I'm back up to like 105 out of 108. Okay. Pretty good.
0: Has you guys finished bandaging up your wounds, brushing the cooled magma out of your hair from the explosion (laughs) earlier, still in kind of... Um, it feels
1: really dry here. I think it's going to be really bad for our hair health.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. Yours, no offense. It already looks a little frizzy. And you I'm going to need to. You end. do feel it is, it's gotten much bigger. <laughs> <laughs> um, it looks like a beautiful like lion's mane right now. That's how big it's getting. <laughs> As you're kind of sitting there, you have a pretty good look of the cinder wastes ahead of you. Uh, why don't you give me another perception check?
1: Okay. 19.
0: You do one last scan of the landscape. Knowing that probably your best option for Erza is to just like find some sort of either tunnel system or even just shelter in the mountains, because you know that the cinder wastes are gonna be no good for her. Mm-hmm. But as you're kind of scanning it just to get a good look, you see a little bit further up, like if you were heading north alongside the fountains of creation, you see silhouettes in the smoke movement. Stilton's ears perk up a little bit, and then you hear it too. The clash of metal the sounds of shouts, a battle. And as you're, like, looking deeper, like, you're focusing, Ertza, you probably, like, hit her. You can do that thing where you're seeing something you just, like, hit someone on the shoulder. <laughs> 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 and Ertza goes, what, what is it? Uh, and looks over. And as you, like, squint through the smoke, you see a full battle raging where the black rock meets the sand dwarven figures with burning tonsure haircuts and beards their dark brass faces roaring with anger as they fight alongside other humanoid warriors with a range of red orange charcoal or gray skin and like flaming features they seem aligned which just on a first glance you recognize these folk as probably Janasi or afrit like they are members of probably the city of brass and they seem to be working with these dwarven figures fighting against these serpentine monsters half humanoid half salamander with burning orange red skin they wield iron spears which you see glow and spark as they collide with these other two groups both sides seem to have taken significant losses many lie dead amongst these sizzling sands of the cinder waste their flames now flickering out but you see that it looks like despite perhaps having numbers at first the genasi and the dwarves are taking heavier losses the salamanders are kind of attacking from the fountains of creation on a downward slope so they have the high ground mm-hmm. how do you want to proceed
1: I mean how far how far away are they
0: from us probably about 120 or so feet up kind of around the corner a little bit like you're you're seeing it it almost looks like perhaps you didn't see it because they've these forces have been slowly like pushed, pushed out. yeah, and we're
1: talking like dozens or hundreds.
0: We're talking dozens. Okay. it's still, but you see like at least twenty lie dead on the ground for the Genasi side. There's maybe like six or seven dead salamanders. and you see that there's probably total combatants number. There's like twenty of the humanoid types and a similar number of these half salamanders. Do
1: I see the genosia free and and dwarves. Do I see them using any kind of magic or are they just kind of like, wheeling, dealing melee damage on them.
0: You see that one, specifically this kind of larger figure, maybe perhaps the leader of the Genasi. I can't really see their features. They're wrapped in these black and gold robes. But you see, like she kneels down before someone, one of the Azer who's like coughing up blood and she's like calling out to like a medic or something like that okay. as another one of someone runs over and goes to heal and then just gets stabbed down by one of these salamanders. And in like just a kind of reactionary movement, you watch as this larger figure produces a like burst of flame to kind of just scare the salamander for a moment before slicing its head off um, with a like large scimitar. Okay. So you see like perhaps... There were two casters, and one of them uh, is now dead, and the done. other one probably doesn't have any healing magic.
1: Okay. I mean, if we help them, they might be able to help us find a portal or something?
0: Maybe if we do some sort of, like, if we try and sneak approach and get, like, the jump on them, we'd be able to assist okay. in a way. If I can get
1: way. a little bit closer, I have some range stuff, but I gotta get a little bit closer.
0: I have this gun that you gave me that I'm really not sure how to use, but I will do my best. Um,
1: I can shoot a chromatic orb if I just move my movement. So I think I'll I'll maybe try and sneak around a little bit and then hurl chromatic orb at one of these salamanders.
0: A great idea. Why don't you give me a stealth check and okay. Ertz will do the
1: same. Fifteen.
0: Fifteen you feel pretty confident as you, crawling out of your little indent here that you had been peering out of, scale upward a little bit further. Uh, Ertza following you as well. You guys find some pretty easy footholds as this part of the mountain slopes on an easier angle. Still a pretty hard hiking course. You know, not one for a beginner, but you're incredibly strong. Um, So you easily pull yourself up and get the high ground on those who have the high ground. Um, You probably get within, I'll say you get half the way there you move like 60 feet because that would essentially be like maybe a few rounds of combat if you were doing it stealthily Um, and you see before you probably closest to you in between the ifrit who you see is kind of maybe their caster and where you are there are three of these salamanders who like have a bunch of these iron spears that they are like tossing down from above almost like they're the ranged fighters while the other ones um get up in the mix it's literally almost like a step pyramid, though obviously not as neat. You kind of have, like, 30 feet below you is where these salamanders are, and then 30 feet below them is where, like, the battle is happening.
1: All right. Well, I'm going to try to go for the guys on the ground first, I think, because even though there are other people closer to me, I don't want Janasi all to get totally wiped out. So I'm going to hurl a chromatic orb down to the ground towards one of the salamanders that's, like, engaged in battle on the ground and I will do uh, cold damage.
0: Okay. Go ahead and roll your attack. And you roll with advantage because you are essentially completely hidden. 21. 21 definitely hits. Kind of trying to signal to them that you're assisting from above. Rather than them not seeing what you're doing, you're Mm -hmm. drawing their attention up. So they're like, we're here to help. (laughs) Um, Cool, it's it's 4d8. uh, 4d8, oh my goodness.
1: 13 cold
0: damage. Ooh, and guess what, my friend? They're vulnerable. They are indeed vulnerable to cold, which means they take double damage. I kind
1: of thought they might So, be.
0: already one of them you see uh, one of them who is actually looking pretty hurt kind of engaged in battle with that larger efreet woman and you watch as they are kind of like pushed back by the salamander who raises up their spear and then suddenly from behind this ball of ice just strikes them and like coat like freezes around their face like forming it into like a block of ice and it goes Tries to like hit it open with its spear as um, the Afrit woman kind of runs it through with her blade looking up to you. Nice. Um, and gives a nod. And I will say that Erza, she is going to go into a rage and leap down upon the three salamanders. Absolutely.
1: Um, to just
0: absolutely <laughs> fuck their shit up.
1: Okay, Erza, now we'll take care of the. Uh, and you see, okay. Ah! <laughs> screaming and she leaps over the edge.
0: Okay, here we go. Let's roll what her rage is going to be actually you know what can you roll me a d8 hell
1: yeah i can you should be rolling. i just rolled more a dice bunch. for you my friend a three
0: a three an intangible spirit which looks like a flumph or a pixie your choice appears within five feet of one creature of your choice and um that you can see within 30 feet of you at the end of your current turn the spirit explodes and each creature within five feet must succeed in a dexterity saving or take one d6 you can use this effect again as a bonus action on all of your turns. So you watch as she leaps, there's like a spectral kind of, almost like jellyfish-like creature kind of growing from her back. And she leaps down on the two to the left, and this creature, almost like a missile, collides with the one on the right. Um, So she's gonna roll her attacks you know what she's doing unhanded strikes because she does she can't do her range weapon she's she yeah. knows that she's like she would have to clear up this upper area really to do anything else so oh man
1: she's just punching she's in the face.
0: i'm gonna say that she's going to use her action to she's gonna do both shove, shove attacks punch. to try and yeah. push them off um so okay her first shove attack was an 18 okay the, that's nice. gonna sound better she's gonna try and beat it that's a fail next one on the other that is a 14 plus 12 is a 26 on hers. And that is a three on theirs. So you watch as she full on kicks them in the back of the head. They don't even know she's coming as she (laughs) screams and lands and they tumble down the cliff. They take an additional 3d6 damage because they're falling. Mm -hmm. They're rolled really high on that. Nice. Um, That is going to be 13 damage for both of them. And I need you to roll initiative. Nice. (laughs) I'll roll that save for the other guy for this plump. And he fails and takes three damage.
1: Not twenty on my initiative. <laughs> oh shit!
0: Uh, believe it or not, I pre-rolled initiative, and you are first. <laughs> you see, the two salamanders that have been kicked off of this first ridge currently are not a pro- not a threat to Erza. The one who just got hit in the face with this exploding spear kind of like winces and starts to turn their attention to her. And from your vantage point, you really can hit like anyone you want. And while you're thinking of what you want to do, I want to introduce the kind of mechanic that is at play oh, here. Huh. The way that this is going to work is that morale is going to be treated as like death saves. Okay. If you, Erza, or anyone you fight along goes down or that Afrit goes down, that will be a failed death save and essentially the battle will be going in the favor of the other right, side. okay. And vice versa.
1: Understandable.
0: So it's basically same rules as death saves, three and three. If you... Take down three guys. Essentially, it will show that the remaining forces are probably going to lose. Though, we'll see what happens.
1: So, Eretz just took care of two of these guys, right?
0: Yes. You see see that she's probably going to have to... Like, they're not dead, of course, but she's removed them from the higher equation. All
1: right. I will uh, also scream and jump down to where (laughs) she is as well and uh, take an attack with the tusk on this third person who was doing ranged attacks.
0: Thinking positively! Uh, as you <laughs> roar down, um, go ahead and take your swings.
1: 25 on the first one.
0: Oh my god.
1: And 19 on the second one.
0: My friend, both of those hit.
1: It's hard not to hit with a plus 10, I gotta be real.
0: <laughs> it really is. You have a really good weapon, and these guys happen to have, I would say, middling AC. Mm-hmm. They, their hit point is where they survive.
1: 27 yeah.
0: All right, that is a hefty amount. This creature is going to elemental rebuke you. I need you to roll a dex save. Ooh,
1: okay. Um, uh,
0: you gotta start homebrewing your monsters, folks.
1: No, I fail. <laughs> it's <Okay>. a three.
0: <laughs> you take, good news is I rolled really low. You take 10 fire damage. Um, is that as... something I
1: can shield against?
0: No, this okay. would be more something you could you could absorb elements this. Oh, okay. But yeah, you watch as this creature throws out this flame as you slash into it tw- twice, and this kind of almost like magma-like blood spills out from it. Um, and How you, much damage was that again? That was 10 damage. Okay. Um, and you also, because you struck it, are going to take an additional... 16 fire damage Ooh. so that's 26 fire damage it cannot do that elemental rebuke ever again in this battle it's only once a day okay. but you you see that like these creatures give off such a burning high temperature heat that even getting close enough to swing your greatsword means you feel like your hands burning like you you're as that your greatsword strikes it it actually glows slightly for like immediately heating from how hot their bodies okay. burn
1: All right, maybe we keep throwing them off, Erza.
0: Yeah, and I know it's not going to finish the problem, but it definitely gave us some space. Um, And she is also going to kind of free action, pick up one of their metal spears. So she has like a melee option as well. Okay. Um, don't
1: be afraid to use that gun uh, girlfriend
0: i listen, I think i j-
1: i'm a little worried about
0: using it i'm not going to lie i one don't really feel confident in using it, and two this weapon terrifies just me. aim okay I'll try on my next turn. <laughs> Okay, she will try that on her turn. Um, which is unfortunately not next. I understand. The salamanders are going to be next. That's fine. Okay, um, the one that you attacked is going to attack you, which makes sense. Understandable. Um, but that is, oh, oh, Jesus, only an 11 and a 10 to hit. Oh my God, absolutely tremendous. They do not. Um, Tries to stab you with its spear and you like kind of slide back and as you do, it tries to whip around with its tail, but you literally just like opposite hand slam the tusk into the ground and block the tail before I can hit you, and you pull it out. That is its turn. The ones that have fallen below, they look to Ertza <laughs> and hiss at her in some sort of language, um, and they are going to throw their spears. They can still do other attacks with their bodies, so mm-hmm. they're not afraid of losing that. Okay. That is a 19 to hit Ertza, and a natural 20 to Ertza. So their spears deal. 18 damage, which is half to nine. And then the rest of the damage is fire damage, mm-hmm. which is going to be 12 additional damage. As the spear strikes her in the shoulder, um, she tears it out, burning her hands. Fuck, fuck. God damn it. Why didn't I think of, <laughs> why didn't I think of a way to get this? Everything's hot here. Everything's everything gonna be so hot here. Hot? We gotta stop touching stuff. Um, that hurt a lot. And then that is the nat- the natural 20. An additional 21 damage from the crit. Um What? Insane, um, Erza already looking hurt. You see like some of her clothing is burning off. Ah, hot, 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 hot. That is going to be um, her turn though. And she is going to, hmm. She is seeing the danger that them hitting her is doing. Um, she takes out the gun. <laughs> Mechanically, I only have a plus
1: three to hit with this. <laughs> okay. Don't miss.
0: She is gonna take her shot.
1: I call down to the Afreen Genasi and uh, Azer, watch out! Can Stilton help our aim?
0: You didn't give a command for Stilton. I'll say that Stilton can help. She rolled a four, so I was like,
1: oof. Stilton hops up on the barrel.
0: That's a natural 19, folks. (laughs) She raises it to her eye. All right, so, okay, safety
1: off. Wait, hold on. You need your counterbalance, and I throw my fucking weasel onto the back. And she goes, (laughs) what? And
0: as she accidentally clicks the trigger, (laughs) Stylen hits the gun, knocking it in the direction of one of these guys.
1: (laughs) So unsafe. So
0: unsafe. Oh, I just realized that she technically would have had disadvantage on that shot because of sunlight sensitivity.
1: Damn.
0: Ooh, brutal. So Stylen made it a flat roll. Okay. Which means that it didn't, hit. No, it didn't hit. Okay, okay. But so same narrative sequence still <laughs> so, lands on the gun they and the bullet just just so, like soars over everyone's heads. There is a brief pause in the battle as everyone turns their attention to these newcomers and their insane future weaponry.
1: Um <laughs> We come in with a ball, like a comet of ice, a c- and a gun, <laughs> and a strange spirit jellyfish that it explodes. <laughs> and she goes, "Oh, use your bonus action, Erza.
0: All right, I mean, like, why the fuck not? I guess dexterity saving throw on the part of one of these guys. That is a fail, actually, uh, and deals four damage. Nice. Um, <laughs> as it, as she goes, ah! and the jellyfish. <laughs> And just like zooms toward this guy and explodes. Um, and that is an additional uh, four damage. It hey, looks really intimidating.
1: Counts. So I think it's good for morale.
0: Very confused salamander creature. That is going to be her turn. Um, it is now going to be the Genasi slash Azer. As their turn comes up, you see that a number of them clash with the salamanders. Um, people are fighting pretty strong, but it looks Pretty much even right now. You see, um, another Janasi get cut down as at the same exact time, a bunch of Azer like leap upon one of the salamanders and like club them with all of these hammers. The Ifrit is going to, seeing you guys fighting, she rushes forward and is going to attack the one who's like pfft, waving this, the force dust out of its face from Ertz's attack. Um, and she just takes some swings a natural one that's not going to hit and a 19 which will hit so you watch as this creature manages to like at the last second duck out from the first scimitar slash as she slices again and deals a whopping 16 damage to this creature that is their turn now it is back to the top of the round Zola and fucking Stilton here we go gang
1: hell yeah All right, so I'm about 30 feet above the battle right now, right?
0: That is correct. You're right next to a salamander who you jumped down and sliced into. Kind of standing between it and Ertza. Right. Who is firing haphazardly with her gun. And she has to use her second attack, I believe, to reload the gun. So she does that on her turn. All right, maybe on the next one.
1: Can you handle this jabroni? You fucking know I can. All right, Uh I'll fucking jump down.
0: (laughs) Uh, getting back into the mix, you see that uh, directly in ahead of you, jumping down, are those two salamanders and this freed person rushing towards and meeting them. So you kind of like pincer movement with her.
1: Okay. Uh, is there any way that I could uh, jump down and thunder wave as I land and not fuck her up? Oh, uh, yeah. that's right. fucking Sorry. Yeah. Before they get there, I'm going to uh, jump down as my feet slam into the ground while thunder wave. You
0: land down right before it. They roll their con saves. That is a natural six, that's gonna fail. And their other save is going to be a 15.
1: That fails. Oh my goodness. My save is 16. Okay, so both fail. Roll your damage. All right, it's 2d8 for both because I'm just casting first level because y'all, I'm trying to save some of these spell slots.
0: Literally imitating the cover art, you land slamming your sword into the ground as a thunderous wave Ripples through, knocking them prone as well, since they failed to the save.
1: It's in Ten damage.
0: Ten damage to both of them. Okay. Thunder
1: damage. It doesn't anything damage. for them.
0: It doesn't. <laughs> and that is, uh, they're one of them is looking pretty hurt at this point.
1: Um, that was your action. Yeah, that was my action, and then, you know what. That's
0: all I'm going to do. All right. Hey, listen, like solid action. You came in, you dealt damage. You are now attacking these creatures um, who are both prone. Those salamanders are going to have to use half their movement to get up, and then they split. One of them is going to attack the Efreet, and the other one goes for you. That is a natural five, and then a natural 17. You take... (sighs) solo Eight damage, that's bludgeoning, and then you take an additional... Four fire damage, but you are now grappled. Um, the escape for that is going to be a DC 14, as its tail wraps around you, and it like it doesn't have a spear, so it was really just taking swings with its fists at you, um, and is now like kind of pouncing on top of you. Bitch. Um. Subtitles <laughs> um, say bitch as well. Um, that is their turn, having had. Essentially, three rounds since you guys took a prep round. This is going to be the first time in which they deal a significant amount of damage to the Azer and Janasi forces to cause one death save fail. Okay. Based on, I'll say with your keen mind, you like look out and see how the battle's going and you see the like, calculations in your mind, and you are like, essentially, every. Twenty or so seconds, they're cutting down another person. person. So you need to like work fast enough to kind of combat how quickly they're able to do this with their, you know, forces.
1: Um, can I call out to them and be like, "Scramble up on the mountainside if you can."
0: Um, give me a persuasion check,
1: okay? Because
0: uh, honestly, this not bad advice, but it could be dangerous for them. But they, you know, we'll see how it goes.
1: Okay. Five. <laughs> you see, they can't even hear me.
0: <laughs> you scream out. Only this ifrit can hear you, um, and she looks to you. You see her amber eyes glittering underneath her robes. Hold the line as she calls out to them, and her voice somehow does have a resonance to it that you see the others kind of nod and hold.
1: Oh, so sorry. I did not mean to step on your toes there.
0: She casts like a like a narrowed eyes glare at you. Um, <laughs> hold the line. <laughs> She, her, the narrow kind of lessens a little bit. Um, <laughs> that is going to now be the Genasian Azer turn. I am actually going to um, have, roll a d20 to see if they can inflict the same amount of damage. It is, I, I've rolled out the battle between them. It takes essentially three rounds for a salamander to kill an, an Azer, but with enough Azer, they can turn the tide in a similar amount of time. Okay,
1: I'm gonna roll the Keegan die because they're kind of smoky. And it was a fucking nat 20.
0: That is, I'm going to say, that is a, as we say, a death save success. The battle is going pretty well. They are kind of holding their own and cutting down their enemies as well. That is going to be this strange Ifrit woman who is going to take two attacks on the sounder before her. That's a natural 20. Nice. And a natural two. So with a natural 20, she is going to deal...
1: Also, oh, I was talking to her while I'm grappled underneath <laughs> this there. Hold on, Screaming
0: out. <laughs> Erza calls it two and then sees your position and sees the interaction. Goes, ah, oh, no. Um, uh, and you watch as this woman manages to deal a whopping 20 damage nice. to the one that you are already hurt, like, had already been hurt significantly. The one that's grappling you is the one that's looking the worst at this point. Okay. Next up in the round is going to... Oh, I think I might have skipped our our lovely lady, Erza, who is kind of seeing the battle prowess of the Afrit. Just as good! I could do this! Um, And turns the spear on this creature. Uh, Erza,
1: you look great with the spear.
0: That first one, she does a reckless on to negate the disadvantage and she mm-hmm. still misses unfortunately mm-hmm. let do it again that's a natural 18 that's going to hit she deals 10 damage as she spears into the one that's ahead of her um which is looking hurt at this point a li- probably bloodied you would think as like mm-hmm. lava pours from its wounds and it coughs up smoke give me a perception check okay on sight this is sight based now that you're kind of really close to this creature grappling you
1: Twenty-two.
0: Twenty-two. As this creature is kind of pouncing on you, trying to claw at your face with these burning, it's it's honestly horrifying on so many levels because your skin is searing as it's cutting into get off, you. Get off! But you see that on its chest, like kind of ca- almost carved into its like n- its natural armor, seems to be a single-headed version of the symbol of the Chromatica. Um that is actually got a
1: fucking secret army. Uh,
0: that is we kind of um, have fallen out of initiative here, but I will jump back in. It is now top of the round your turn
1: instead of focusing my energy on trying to get out from under the sky, seeing that Ertz is alone doing battle with this one salamander, I'm going to shoot up another chromatic orb. At the salamander Ooh. that is fighting.
0: Kind of literally like as it's grappling you like pointing point back my over your shoulder. my up,
1: yeah. Sick. So that she can be free to jump down here and help us.
0: Excellent. Okay, roll your attack.
1: Okay.
0: This creature goes, trying to grab your arm as you shove it up, managing to get a clear shot. Dirty
1: 20. Dirty
0: 20 is going to hit.
1: Okay. So 18 damage total.
0: Ooh, baby, this thing is looking as hurt as the one that is grappling you, that you and this ifrit are kind of slicing into. Um, And then I will bonus
1: action second wind from underneath this salamander, pushing him off and kind of straightening myself out. (laughs) Hold on. I hate, I feel like I always roll a one on my second wind, but I get back nine hit points.
0: That, I apologize. (laughs) I'm so sorry. So sorry, Um, buddy. Oh, and you
1: know what? fuck it I'll action surge and I will try to get out hell
0: yeah okay go, um, it is a DC 14 to escape okay. <laughs> honestly it, you can do this it's a strength I,
1: ha- I have to roll a, a three
0: okay to fail <laughs> let's not
1: jinx it we've done this before I rolled a seven, oh so I do God, get out. I thought it was, I was one, one. too. Yeah, no, it's a seventeen,
0: so I get out. You, I mean, as you described, as you whip up your hair, it kind of hits it in the face. It goes, and it falls back towards I just this afre. crawl Efreet. out
1: from under.
0: Um, and um, as it like kind of scrambles away from you, um, it is back facing the afre. who is swinging on it. That is actually going to be their turn. It is going to attack you again. It's desperate now. First attack is only a seventeen, and the second was only a nine.
1: Um, the first one hits. Okay. I'll shield. Okay. I don't want to take any more damage.
0: Yeah, you watch as this creature, again, lurches at you as if it's it's trying to, like, re-pounce on you. And just throw Fuck up this you. arcane barrier. And it <laughs> kind of, like, gets electrocuted and falls off. Um, This one that's next to it is also going to attack you first one is a t- dirty 20 to hit that doesn't with doesn't your shield hit. and the other one is a three so that's a 10 this these two trying to t- like swarm you as you just barriers up are epically blocking them
1: Anytime, Ertza.
0: sorry i'm almost done she, she's just <laughs> grappling with this creature um wincing at the sun you know she looks she looks like she's this is one of her least favorite battles she's maybe ever fought um that is actually going to be erza's turn erza ah this fucking spear i wish i had my armor um and she's just gonna make two attacks natural twenty, two natural 20s two natural 20s she i i cannot with this fucking game technically she had disadvantage but she still was giving the help action Mm -hmm. so it works out folks get in the comments ah she's so mad she feels you can tell that she's give me an insight check actually okay As I roll the sheer amount of damage I have to roll here. Three. Three.
1: Arta's pissed! (laughs) Uh, She just looks
0: like she's raging. Oh my god. Lisa, I rolled double sixes and double fives on the crit damage here. So that is a total of 26 damage. She basically runs this salamander through, continues to run with him, and you see that uh, the flumph, again, this spiritual creature kind of explode between the two of them he rolls a dex save he rolls at a 10 and he fails um and he takes an additional four so she deals 30 damage as she rages into this creature two hit points left this creature is looking at her you haven't seen fear in these creatures' eyes yet, and you now know what true fear looks like. Um, she's That's what screaming. That's to
1: meet Ertza. <laughs> Uh She has.
0: She's intense, as we've said. She has an interesting personality. That is going to be her turn. Meet my
1: intense friend.
0: That is going to be now the genosi turn. Actually, this turn they don't have to roll. Okay. So the genosi holding their own this turn. Um, it is now this Ifrit's turn. Natural twenty. How many natural twenties <laughs> have I rolled today? This is
1: insane. And I rolled a that twenty on initiative.
0: Yeah, it's. That's like we've had at least six. This might We're be one of home. our most natural twenties. <laughs> um, that is. Both of those actually are going to hit this creature that is trying to attack you. That's eighteen damage to the one that was attacking you. That creature is looking incredibly hurt now. Top of the round, Zola once again. Um, Still in with Ertzah is climbing all of this. Fire I've already.
1: Uh, I privately, after Ertzah lost her weapon, was like, "Stilton, make sure you stick with Ertzah." Okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know, fuck it, I'm gonna swing my sword into this salamander that tried to tackle me. You? I ain't scared. You
0: know that this creature you could cleave through if you sw- if you swing hard enough. So, okay. um, go right ahead.
1: That's a 16. That
0: just hits.
1: And that's a dirty 20. That hits. 26 damage.
0: 26 damage. Baseball swing, cut, literally bisect this salamander. It's like when you light a newspaper on fire and it like burns ashing away as it does. You watch as this creature like (laughs) falls back and it tumbles in two. 15 of that damage gets carried over to the other creature Mm -hmm. as you continue to slice both of them, especially the one who's dying on this turn, is going to do their, their once a day elemental rebuke. So give me two dexterity saving throws. Okay. And you also take four damage just from hitting them.
1: Come on. First one's a 12, second one's a 15.
0: The 15 is going to pass. 13 half to seven on the one you saved on. And then 11 fire damage as well but that is their once a day elemental as you cut through one and then literally cut into and just because it, it took so much force to cut through the first, you just don't get all the way through the second. But it looks hurt. It looks hurt. That was your action. Anything else you want to do? Nope. Still, still giving the help action to Erza yes. to negate the disadvantage. That is going to be the salamander's turn. The last one that's left is going to hit you and that is another natural 20.
1: I will port and roll, give it a nat one.
0: It misses. um, It looks like an absolute (laughs) fool doing it. It falls prone um, and gets a mouthful of ash dirt that you see it spitting out. Uh, It uses half its movement to stand up again. um, (laughs) And is going to do its tail attack on you. And that is a natural four. (laughs) (laughs) It's a bad day for me.
1: (laughs) It could have been a good day.
0: Uh, It's hard to explain.
1: (laughs) That is its turn. So fast, and I was failed. like, when is this port and roll gonna come in handy? Now, 100% <laughs> now, it's now
0: gonna have been really bad. That is their turn. Give me another d20 roll. This one's for them on this turn. I was rolling this, but it's more fun for you to roll. Five. Five. Okay, that's another death save fail for them. It is now the Azer turn. Can you give me another d20 roll for them as two rounds essentially have passed? 12. that is a success. Um, it, right now, you are in good- Oh, and you killed one, which yes. is a morale death save for them. As this creature shoots out this elemental flame to rebuke you, you see it- Calls out, like this echoing call to the rest of the salamanders who are barely surviving. You see that there's less than a dozen of them left, and it looks like they're going to make moves to retreat. Um, as you have successfully gotten them down to the three- because they failed one with the thanks to the Azer, and then you also killed one. All right, last of the round. This Ifrit is gonna go. Natural two, natural thirteen. She's gonna hit on that one. Seven damage. Not a lot of damage on that one, as she slices into this creature as he tries to run away. It is top of the round. You get an opportunity attack on them if you want to. Yes. Okay. And so does this Ifrit. She's gonna use her reaction as well. She's going to hit. Fifteen. That hits. Oh, it does. That's their AC. Fuck yeah. Now you can know because the battle is over. <laughs>
1: Twelve damage,
0: barely any hit points left. He's scrambling away. Erza is, you know, she's giving, she's gonna do just her final attacks. That first one's gonna miss.
1: She's down here with me now.
0: Um, she's finishing off the the last one, the one that had two hit points where she was. So she's actually roll. She just does a shove attack, and even with that, like flattened out thanks to still in the two of them tumble off the mountain and both. Boom. And as she lands, she literally squashes this creature and magma just splatters out. Um, so she's going to take that damage. Mm-hmm. She takes 15 damage. Half of that is half because of bludgeoning. But oh boy, she lands and this creature splatters. Um, you see the rest of the sound mender. <laughs> Begin to like hiss and rush back further north, kind of following the cliffside. Okay. Uh, some of them slipping and into the lava.
1: Watching where they're going.
0: Okay, you give me a perception check.
1: Okay, and uh, as they're kind of fleeing, I just I point at you know one of the fallen salamander's chests. Like Ersa, check it out. Right, Pointing she'll, out the logo.
0: So a natural twenty on her investigation check.
1: Natural twenty on my perception check. What is happening today? <laughs>
0: I, we have to make this a long episode because it's we insane. need to ride this fucking high. Um, you see the investigation check. She kneels over. It's unmistakable. This is this is their symbol. They must be aligned somehow with him.
1: I think he's got a pocket army and a plane.
0: And as you guys are looking that over, you look, you kind of pick your head back up and look down the mountain line. You see them slithering into lava streams. One of them kind of goes a bit higher and kind of curves around the mountainside out of sight. You gather that perhaps wherever they hang out is with the natural 20. If they've got this symbol on their chest.
1: They probably go visit Anakra.
0: They probably go to wherever his portal opens on this place. Yes. With a natural twenty, I the, you, that you seems that. clear to
1: me um, and as
0: you're kind of you know settling in inspecting this body, the waste's quiet once more, and the exhausted warriors begin to regroup. You can see that there are probably about fifteen or so you know m- close to twenty there kind of, some of them are injured, some of them are lying dead upon the ground. A number of the azers survived, but quite a few of the Janasi have fallen. It looks like maybe. 10 of, like, the 15 people who survived, aside from this main leader, are these dwarven figures with, like, this brassy skin, dark armor, and flaming hair.
1: Can I go over to one and say, hi, I'm Zola. This is my companion, Erza. I'm sorry. I know that you're taking care of your dead, but does anyone have any um, wraps my companion could put around her face? The sun is hurting her.
0: This creature looks to you and signs something to you. Looks like they're speaking sign language.
1: Oh, sorry. Um, I don't know it, but...
0: As you're like about to cast this spell, you see the larger woman comes over. She pulls off her hood, and you now see this stunning giant of a woman, practically just a little bit taller than you, honestly. She is wearing these black and amber-gold robes. Um, her skin is ruby-red, flecked with golden spark-like freckles, uh, and her entire head is completely shaved, aside from, like, her thick black and gold eyebrows that accentuate her amber eyes. They do not speak because of an oath. Oh. But I am a representative for all of us.
1: Hi, I'm Zola, and this is my companion Erza.
0: Pleasure to meet you. Thank you for your work here.
1: Uh, of course, I'm... What happened? They just ambushed you?
0: They are a legion of the scaled tyrant. They came and ambushed us from above. And then she kind of grows a little suspicious of you are you where do you hail from you look different and your ally she sees that she's suffering she is clearly not attuned to this plane
1: no she she needs shelter from from the heat we're not from we're from a cold place
0: the material plane yes my god's she like leans in close and is like inspecting your face very. I curiously. also lean
1: in close.
0: You get dangerously close to kissing. Um, <laughs> she, she does not relent either. She has a give me an insight check.
1: Okay, and this is my weasel still in. Bow. bow, bow, bow.
0: Bows deeply. Fourteen. Fourteen. This individual carries themselves with a regal air. Um, they're not only the leader of this group, but they they have a presence to them, and she she knows how to use it. Mm -hmm. And she kind of inspects you. So you're not members of the Cult of the Scaled Tyrant? No, no, not at all. We're actually
1: um... We're...
0: We're adventurers. And we are uh, on a mission to defeat the Scaled Tyrant, in a way. In a way. My name is Etzalari Grabreiber. I am a noble of the Grabriber House of Balderheim in the Kingdom of the Dwarves.
1: And I'm Zola Parma. Nice to meet you. Full name Gorgonzola, but you can call me Zorla, Zola. Uh, Zola? <laughs> no, Zola. Sorry. I'm Zola? just nervous sorry. you have a very regal presence. <laughs> she gl- very, still close to your face. Um, and I am half-orc. I'm from Paddlewick, but I go to the University of Aurelia.
0: None of these names are familiar to me. I have That's no okay. idea any of these Most people haven't saying.
1: heard of Paddlewick.
0: Even Balderheim I am unfamiliar with <laughs> as she nods to Erza.
1: Um where can I ask where we are? We just kind of came through.
0: You are at the base of the mountains known as the fountains of creation. They are the tool that the goddess Mistra used to create the material plane. And she introduces herself. I am Charlotte Amira of the City of Brass, and we are the Fallen Flame, warriors of the Azer and Afreet. We head towards Berende Lock to shut the door of Deathmonger.
1: Hold on, whoa, that was so much information. What did she say yeah, her name s- was? slow
0: down. What? Uh, <laughs> hold on, name first. She goes, Charlotte Amira.
1: Charlotte, nice to meet you.
0: And Amira, she the way she kind of phrases it, it seems almost like it's a title rather than, oh. than like a last name.
1: Um nice to meet you, Charlotte Amira.
0: She nods to you. And I am from the city of Brass. And you both nod back I to her. I
1: have heard of that maybe a little.
0: And we are the warriors of the fallen flame. Cool name. We seek to close Bernende Lock. Deathmonger's door. That part. That roughly translates into a burning hole? Correct. Or the Fire Sphincter.
1: Wow. And that, let me guess, leads to Anakra.
0: Yes, it is the gateway between your world and ours.
1: Wonderful. We will come with you, and then you can seal it right up behind us.
0: Hold on. You want to seal him on our side of things? And you see Charlotte looks to it's so kind of noticing her annoyance at that. Yes.
1: Well, he's got to be on one side, so...
0: It's, uh looks to you, uh, not betrayed, but kind of like we have to deal with this creature. She, like, looks back at Charlotte. And I look and goes, at her like,
1: and that's what we're doing.
0: <laughs> if you trap my people, have been fighting this creature for for centuries, to trap him on our side. I mean, I imagine he'll get pretty angry at that, and then you're just going to unleash him upon my people. Charlotte looks to her. Centuries for you. Millennia for us—we've paid our price.
1: So it sounds like the compromise here is Anakra being on neither side.
0: Y- yeah, ideally defeating Anakra.
1: Right. Are you guys aware that Anakra right now is potentially uh, going to be under siege very shortly? So actually sealing him out of his, you know, exit tunnel, Erza, might be kind of a good strategic move.
0: But, no offense to Frigidich, she is a frigid bitch, but I do not think she is going to win against him, not if he has the Evoker Stone. Uh, and you see that, like, this conversation you guys are having, Charlotte and Mira is watching very, very closely, and you see the other soldiers have kind of gathered around now and are watching you all with deep interest. She goes, so you're saying war is upon his doorstep?
1: Shortly, although I'm not exactly sure what the time zone differences between the material plane and the plane of fire. But my companion and I, and I'm, I'm going to be pretty honest here because I think that I've gotten a vibe from these people that they have similar maybe intentions to us, although they're on a diff- the different side of things, mm-hmm. literally the different plane of things. <laughs> um, my companion and I were, were on an errand to go take something back from Anacra that Uh, Was taken. I have no faith in our ability to eradicate him or anything like that. But yes, one of the other Chromatica dragons is headed his way.
0: Charlotte Amira nods and turns back to her people. And after a moment, they kind of discuss and she turns back to you. There is a dilation of time between our planes. That is why we have been dealing with Anacra for so much longer. If we were to go to your plane and return here hours later, days would have passed. And seeing the kind of awestruck expression on your face, she says,
1: I'll start at the beginning. Okay, I think that's a good place to start. But again, does anyone have maybe a cloak or something my companion could use because she's uncomfortable?
0: She um looks and again calls out in that language and one of the Janasi comes over and takes off of like their headscarf robe cloak and gives it to Erza who immediately bundles up and is like wiping all the sweat. You see that her clothes are absolutely drenched with sweat right now. <laughs> She's like Daka. Duncan. <clears throat> Duncan, all right. Could we also maybe have this talk like in the mountains or away from the sun, possibly? Do
1: you have a place where you where you rest or Do you just live on the plains?
0: We have been traveling for quite some time from our home. That is part of what I need to explain in our journey. There is a place not far from here, an outcropping of the the mountains where we should be able to find some shade before we make our way to the Creator Forge and Bernende Lock. She nods to her people who begin to kind of... Saddle up their things and make moves, uh, and you guys follow. You walk for probably about an hour or so, both around and then kind of following the path those salamanders went, climbing the Black Rock. At this point, you have been given some wraps for your hands so you're not burning your skin as you're climbing. And you guys climb and make your way up to kind of level ground and watches it almost like a path weaves between these like streams of lava and and recently cooled magma down and then around one of the mountains, kind of in this this in-between space of two large black rocks where you're closer to the sand than you are to the peaks, but off the ground enough that you aren't going to be disturbed by anybody else who might be roaming the plains. Mm -hmm. They begin to set up, like, a brief camp. It looks like, the way they're packing down, it looks like they're going to take, like, a long rest. And as they do, um, you guys also settle in. Ertza kind of provides you with some food and things. Just, Mm -hmm. she knows you have, no like, nothing on you. Danka. She nods to you and smiles. And eventually you guys kind of all gather around to understand what's going on. Uh, do you tell her maybe about what's going on on the Dwarven side of things?
1: I will leave that up to Erza if Ertza wants to start going into uh, the kind of uh, different factions and stuff, but okay. I am kind of not going to offer up any of her personal information. Got it.
0: Erza, at least right now, Keeps her mouth shut and just looks expectantly at Charlotte, kind of still unconvinced of this plan. Because in an ideal world, Deathmonger's trapped on this side. Her people are completely free of him for at least a very long time. Mm-hmm. And she will essentially have a shit ton of space and time to look for the hammer. So, this coming directly in conflict with that, she looks kind of like, All right, convince me mm-hmm. to Charlotte, who. <sighs> Size, a long time ago, our ancestors were not allies. We lived upon this plane, born of it and the intent of higher powers, but not prepared to look out for each other. Early in our history, my people, the afridi betrayed the Aesir, and this plane was more than just flame. It was chaos. We were united once more by the fallen god, Mistra, who had tasked us with building the material plane... Fayfal using the fountains of creation. Aza leading the way, we assisted and she rewarded us with the creator forge, and by bestowing sentience to much of the fire itself, creating the all which shelters life here.
1: Sorry. I'm so sorry to interrupt. It's just that you're talking um you keep saying we were were you there? Have you met Mistra?
0: No, I refer to my ancestors. Oh, I am Okay. Sorry. I I am only eighteen. Oh, okay. Um,
1: I'm also eighteen.
0: Oh, um, she kind of this big formal kind of holding. She kind of like like leans over a little bit and goes, gives you a kind of like, it's a little overwhelming. It's kind of
1: crazy what we're dealing with right now.
0: Yeah, and then she continues.
1: Acts old. I.
0: <laughs> I. I'm like a, I'm like a teen in Dwarfeus, all right? You know, in my, in my, my age group, I am basically just a teen. living
1: vicariously through me.
0: I continue, Charlotte. <laughs> <laughs> sending the, the most burning glare with her blue eyes towards you.
1: Trying to keep things light. <laughs>
0: <laughs> As I was saying, she rewarded us with the Creator Forge and by bestowing sentience to fire to create the Allfire. To ensure that peace could be kept, the Azer were given the Creator Forge, and my people, the Afrit, were chosen as guardians of the Allfire Corps. We settled back into our cities as the Azer did to theirs. But after Mistra fell and the sacred seals were established to keep the outer plains from interfering directly, the peace didn't last long. Deathmonger made his first appearance as well. He tore open Bernende Loch, the Burning Hole, and forced the acolytes of Mistra, and she gestures to the Aesir around you to abandon the creator forge and go into hiding. The loss of this angered many. Blame was cast and the conflict began again. Anachron remained a subtle threat until he returned with that cursed ruby, the one you call an evoker stone. It gave him access to magic that could harm our people where his flames could not, his burning breath becoming... A cone of ice, dripping acid. The horrors he destroyed so much. He raised the Azer civilization and destroyed many of the other Genasi civilization that existed. Most recently, but years ago, his rage intensified. Something happened that triggered his anger, and he unleashed it upon the final bastion we had left the city of brass raising it to the ground shattering it
1: something was stolen from him um how long? I mean in my time two two months I mean the summer time
0: you see like there's kind of murmurs around the crowd and she nods that's what a line based on my understanding of the time dilation
1: it was um Alethea's golden crown. But the stone is missing from the crown. I... He, so I think he still has it.
0: My understanding is that when he took the stone, he tore it from the crown. Right. And... Stole the crown for his own use, but... He is not a caster. The stone allows him to change his... His powers to match what he desires but i think that perhaps he did not know how to use the crown so he just hoarded it and Erza, kind of hearing this nods he is incredibly greedy it would not shock me that even if he couldn't use it he just kept it for his own and she nods as well so We are journeying to the Creator Forge once more to remove the insidious cult of the scaled tyrant that remains there and seal his portal using magic that my people have entrusted me.
1: Is this your entire forces?
0: All that's left after our journey.
1: How many people are there?
0: Fifteen or so. I say 15 or so because it looks like maybe 20, but five of them are injured to the point in which right. it's like they're going to be holding behind and like not able to fight, really.
1: You would need an incredibly powerful spell to get rid of that portal. I mean, what's what's the magic? Can I ask? I'm just curious.
0: Since destroying the city of Brass, he has spent time terrorizing the few who have survived. He continues to reside there even now. Because of the time dilation, he's been able to take his time in looting the city and kind of using it almost as bait, letting us think that he has left it permanently only to return a few months later. He is currently, with hope, still there, not yet returning from his most recent journey there. While he is away, we will clear it out, and I will use a spell known as Forbiddance to seal his portal once he returns. We will essentially be waiting in the shadows for, for him, him to, to pass, through pass through. And
1: then seal it behind him. Correct. Wow.
0: We had hoped that we would have more numbers when we did this so that we could easily take the Creator Forge once again, but this will have to do.
1: And with the Creator Forge, would you, you would create more world?
0: The Creator Forge is a powerful tool of transmutation magic it could provide the means to rebuild our cities and create some conditions to make life even possible here
1: right Zola's just like in her head like oh, I keep meeting people with really good causes it
0: uh, kind of <laughs> sees you feeling that and goes alright I can accept that you have been dealing with this problem even longer than my own people I can accept that this is the culmination of lives lost and efforts that I have not, I could not even comprehend to get you to this point. But I ask that if you close this plane, that you use the Creator Forge to help us as well. I don't know how, but if you can do anything that would be able to assist us when we are trapped with Deathmonger, I would be willing to assist in your cause.
1: While maybe not for as long, Erza's family has lost a lot uh, during Anacra's cruel reign.
0: Charlotte sadly s- smiles towards Erza. It is impossible to compare losses. I'm so sorry. And this kind of settles Erza a little bit. She nods.
1: Well, if Anakra isn't there yet, then maybe we can, you know, get ahead of them. Or maybe we can get ahead of him. Take the hammer, be on our merry way, and then by the time he comes back in, they close the portal. Maybe we're already gone.
0: If we can time it out like that, at least we can spare ourselves.
1: Or at least he'll be on our tail, you know, instead of waiting for us.
0: We should definitely get in before he's back. You're so, you're definitely right. She turns to Charlotte Amira. We will help you. Under the conditions that we have laid down, if you agree, we will assist in retaking the Creator Forge and using it to return to our home. And Charlotte smiles. I believe that if we do this correctly, we really will succeed. As you've seen, we, despite having numbers, took a heavy hit. It was only because they had the the element of surprise. The most rare element in the elemental chaos. Um, and so, then
1: we had the element of surprise on them. Yes, and that's so how if, we turned the tide. So if we get the element of surprise, surprise on, on them,
0: Akra. there we go. That's there we go. So, so what's the plan? How are you going to enter into the forge? And you see that a number of the Azer kind of look sheepishly away, um, and she looks down. It has been quite some time since the acolytes of Mistra have been in their temple. Many of these are ancestors of those who fled it, so...
1: The acolytes of Mistra? That's what they were called?
0: Yes, uh, that is what they are called. They... She gestures to the Azer who nod and sign to her to kind of translate on their behalf. They are the descendants of those who originally served under her and helped use the Creator Forge to build the material plane. They were run out by Anakra and... My people, the warriors of the Allfire, have teamed up with them to retake it. They've never been there before, so we don't know what we're walking into, unfortunately. But together we are the Fallen Flame, and we'll take on whatever we can.
1: Please tell them that there's a, there's a band of Mistress Acolytes also on the Material Plane. I'm one of them.
0: She looks shocked and turns and signs this to them and you see suddenly all of them are like and like rush over to you and immediately frantically all signing towards you uh you see one of them kind of like waves the others down and like takes essentially some like charcoal like gestures like essentially like if you have parchment or anything kind of thing mm-hmm. um, and so like opens up the bag and goes there's some in the, I took some for your I homework I take
1: out one of my books and <laughs> we start scrolling on like the acknowledgements page
0: um, and they write to you it is an honor to meet you
1: I give all of them really big like smite hugs. <laughs> uh, they, they're like,
0: it's it's kind of funny. This is one of those instances of like just two different churches of the same religion in two different regions. So there's like kind of a different way of handling things. Clearly, smite is all about the like epic and then also like the bro element. But these guys are like incredibly solemn. They've taken a vow of silence. I try to
1: put her handshake one and then I have to like lift their hand yeah, up. They're
0: like awkwardly doing that. You see, they all like as you know they sign to you like it is an honor. You see they write, she fell, so we may rise. Um, and then you see them also sign that to you, essentially.
1: Um, I try and sign it back and say out loud, she fell, swim, so we may rise.
0: It's simple enough that you, though maybe slowly, kind of make it through it. And they all excitedly, like, nod and, like, smile. And they kind of start asking you questions about what is it like? How many of you are there? What influence do you have since Mistra has fallen? You know, to them, it's been like 48,000 years. For you guys, it's been 2,000. So it's like you're almost closer to the incident than they are.
1: There are about six or seven of us.
0: <laughs> they all look at each other a little nervously, <laughs> smiling still.
1: I began to have dreams this year, and I believe Mistra fell but somewhere she sleeps and is sending messages to her acolytes.
0: Um, what messages? They all are, so, they're so excited. You see Charlotte kind of sits down next to Edza. Uh, you guys have been having whole adventures there. And It's like, I know, it's crazy. You know, you really feel like a protagonist until you suddenly see someone else who's equally a protagonist. <laughs> Um, And yeah, you are kind of left to talk about your experience.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll, leaving my home and moving to Aurelia and then meeting Smite, um, I'll say there is um, a fearsome, brave, strong, and (sighs) handsome warrior um, with a cape of midnight blue and a shock of... Anime protagonist white hair.
0: You see Stillin is um miming and doing like everything that you're describing, like has taken some of your cloak and like puts it over his head and like kind of almost does like a like a like a Batman kind of like cave swoop and everything. A man with
1: pristine fingernails.
0: <laughs> Flexes Stillon's fingernails which have not been trimmed in quite some time.
1: Oh, I kind of got on that.
0: <laughs> and they all they all nod and agree.
1: Um, I met him and he introduced me to um a, a group of people who, while not necessarily having direct contact with Mistra, um, you know, believe that she's trying to send some kind of message or that she, you know, may not be permanently fallen. I have been dreaming of a statue frozen in some kind of space, uh, a temple on an island.
0: The eldest of the Azer, perhaps the leader who kind of works closest to, works closest to Charlotte Amira, steps forward, um, and writes, My name is Toast of the Acolytes of Mistra. Toast, hello. He writes, um, Dwemerham.
1: Yes, yes, there. I, uh, it's almost like I go there in my dreams. I was holding, um, an artifact that I believe may have sewn some kind of, like a thread attached from this rock to me to Mestra. And I lost the stone, but I still think that somewhere she's frozen or trapped or something and needs to be helped.
0: This is huge for them. There's a lot of shock in their faces, uh, signing very quietly to each other. And several of the Janasi who are still alive are fully engaged in this story. Though their civilization isn't dedicated to worshiping Mistra, their people also worked with her. And everyone believes that she is fully dead, that she essentially sacrificed herself to preserve the material plane and magic as a whole.
1: And one of the most recent, well, besides me, the most recent acolyte of Mistra, she's a holder of the all-fire on the material plane.
0: They all look incredibly confused at this, and Charlotte Amira goes, that can't be possible. The, the all-fire is here with us.
1: Yes, no, it's, um, it's like a an ember, like a moat. Um, my friend Brigid, she's amazing, and she lives in the jungles of the Veridantes, and she, her people, they use the fire to maintain their home and Protect it from, you know, all of the corrupt forces that have been trying to threaten them. The Allfire is, well, their name is Pyre. It's like a, a small spirit. It's been passed down, so um, she she has it now, but her people have had it. You know, I think it, it kind of jumps between people.
0: There are stories that, during the Maldiction, that one of the Elven gods... Corallen. Yes, made a deal and borrowed some of our light. I thought it was legend, but what you're saying, you've met this person? They yes. wield the flame on the material plane?
1: Yeah, they wield it. It's, its um, you know, their companion. It works alongside them. And, well, they've, they've saved my life a thousand times over. And they're, you know, they're basically an acolyte of Mishra, too.
0: It's interesting that, well, our people came together these two sides were also coming together on your plane.
1: You don't think that closing the portal off will kill the all-fire, do you? The connection between the two planes?
0: It doesn't use the, the Brennan lock to get back ahead. to your ally, I believe.
1: Well, this is kind of weird that I met you guys and we have so much in common.
0: I believe that there is more at work here than we know. If we're having such parallel journeys, that's too much to be simply coincidence. Though I suppose anything is possible. Ertso, like, out of the side of her mouth goes, People are having full-on adventures here, aren't they? It's kind of crazy. Charlotte overhears that and chuckles to herself. <laughs> we should get some rest. We know where the Creative Forge is, and if we are approaching stealthily, we should take our time and see what their defenses are. Turns to her companions and translates, and he watches the group kind of settles down into... What elementals do for rest, which just seems to be like casually like burning, <laughs> like, you know, settling into they don't have beds or anything. They kind of position themselves over where there's some soft, still cooling magma and kind of shape it to their forms and settle into it to rest.
1: I'll crawl over to Erza. Hey, this is all kind of crazy. This is really intense. They're like, they've been born with an acro for like millennia.
0: 48,000 years. That's... Um, both of you can give me intelligence checks to see if you can break down how the math of this <laughs> works Comprehend. out. She. It's also, she goes, that's... And then looks at you to fill in the blank. Like, she's going to say it at the same time as you.
1: I get a nat one.
0: A nat that's one. That's like a
1: kajillion That's years. like a
0: kajillion, yes, yes. So Still in is going to give you advantage. <laughs> <laughs> it's a two. Wow. Um, I will tell for our listeners... <laughs> That it breaks down to about one hour on your plane being a day on this plane. Gotcha. That kind of, like, when you break it down on a longer scale, the 2,000, like, 2,400-ish years breaks down to, like, 48,000 years for these people. So a lot of, of time has passed. You can tell that... They hold shreds of the story that you, like, you might know almost as much, if not more, than them about the scenario right. because there have of been how so many generations. Exactly. And I mean, let's be honest. These people probably inscribe all of their literature in stone, which mm-hmm. if you're fleeing a dragon, you're not like, quick, go pick up the, the tablets and yeah. <laughs> let's go carry our history. So, mm-hmm. like, mu- you imagine that this is not only just.
1: And they're nomadic.
0: Yes. Now, essentially, now they're all nomadic. So, like, they can't carry things around like that. So mm-hmm. this is like a recovery of their history as well.
1: Well, today was a lot. I'm glad that we didn't get beheaded by giant salamanders. Yeah,
0: that was crazy. I... she looks at the gun. I... this is n- not a good weapon in my hands, I think.
1: Oh, okay.
0: I'll hold on to it for now, if, in case there's just a scenario where it makes no sense for me to try and use a spear, but...
1: I think I would be equally bad at it, kind of. It's kind of just like trump card.
0: This is crazy, but... Should we throw this into the fire? Like should we melt this at some point? Is this do you think that there are more of these? Like do they
1: Oh, there there are more.
0: Okay. I thought maybe it would be like a heroic thing I was doing, but that just sounds like a agree, but I actually so to
1: speak. I have a gnome friend who I think maybe if she took a look at it, it could I don't know. I want her to take a look at it. Okay.
0: Well um But
1: I'm I'm not gonna like go hand it over to anyone or anything.
0: Okay, well, thank you again for coming with me. It means a lot that you would... I'm glad that the time dilation works out in our advantage, but yeah. I am still so sorry, and I really appreciate you doing this for me. I, you're making a huge difference in my life.
1: Of course, I mean, this is... I think I was meant to come here. The fact that these people are the original acolytes of Mistra, I mean, first of all, Smite is going to lose his fucking mind... There's so many more of us now. <laughs>
0: that was the dramatic one who mm-hmm. lived in the capital yes, with you?
1: was doing the impression. Right, right, I yeah. But I just want to say that I don't want Anakra to be trapped on your side, obviously. I just think that everything's coming to a head. And I don't think trapping him in another plane where he'll eventually just decimate their forces and then rip open another hole back. It's like there's nothing won there besides time on your part, and time lost on theirs.
0: You're right. If they come through with this, if these forces, this fallen flame, if they follow their word and they use the Creator Forge to help us, it will be worth it.
1: You thinking weapons or armor? Or? I don't
0: know. They said transmutation magic. I My schooling is very limited, you know. I I basically hodgepodged lessons that I learned from the Zabiraz and my own stuff to know, so I don't know a lot about the schools.
1: Maybe I can get a good look at it.
0: Uh, and you can give me give me two Arcana checks, one okay. on the Forbidden Spell, so you can maybe know a little bit more mm-hmm. about what they're doing.
1: Um, That was a three, but I'll, um, I will portent myself and give myself a ten, with which my Arcana is a fourteen.
0: That is enough. And what did you get on
1: this, Arcana? 19.
0: Okay. So that is enough to know, basically, for the Forbidden Spell, your understanding of it, and you actually still have, or rather, you lost your Ambledorth's Abjurations and Evocations textbook. Mm Mm-hmm. That was one, uh, I think that's one of the ones you lost. It's not mm-hmm. your spell book, but you lost it. Yes. So you maybe didn't get like to read fully about it, but you remember like in like the table of contents when it was like listing spell by level, mm-hmm. you remember like a high level spell that basically allows you to create an area where portals cannot be made. And if mm-hmm. you cast it repeatedly, like once a day, essentially like Nistral's, it will create a permanent effect there that will allow you to be like, no, no longer can, can he make a portal here. in the middle of this fucking forge. Okay. And then with transmutation magic, you would know that all magic is incredibly powerful. At its maximum, like, I mean, Conjuration, not only could you summon crazy beasts but you could, or open portals, but you could cast Wish. Mm-hmm. But transmutation deals with the fabric of reality. It has to do with matter. It has to do with physics. You know, it's like the the gravity magic that you've seen and P use is probably like influenced by transmutation magic. And the fact that you know that this creator forge that they speak of was used to like essentially form Fayfall in the physical sense, you imagine that it could do so much. It could. It definitely could rebuild their civilizations. It could certainly give you guys weaponry. It could transform his entire chamber into maybe even something that can't be melted you know like Mm -hmm. there's like a lot Mm -hmm. of possibilities with the ability that changing matter and it might be enough to combat the fact that he can change his like the damage that he deals into various different kinds of evocation magic Mm -hmm. so ultimately an incredibly power you don't know like if it's like an item in the forge or if there's some mm-hmm. specific thing or like there's like it's like a tool like a cannon of transmutation magic but you know that it it has the capability of certainly turning the tides on Anakra, especially if even if frigidich does a, a scratch of damage on his forces mm-hmm. that would be enough where if you don't know how long the time dilation would work it out to but if they eventually came with that weaponry it would be a Definitely huge for both the dwarves and the Golden Fist. Mm -hmm. Is there anything you want to do before bed? Or are you ready to just settle down for a rest?
1: I'm going to uh, lay down. I'm assuming we're... Are there stars here?
0: As the sun finishes its sort of waning process, you see that it is replaced with a blood red glowing star that fills the sky with just like pure red it it looks there's still smoke like hazing it it honestly looks apocalyptic it is undeniably unfamiliar
1: I will look up into the blood red sky uh, and think Shard don't know if you're out there or well you're somewhere out there but I hope you're safe and I hope you don't Flying to a crater or something.
0: You send that energy out there. You try and see if maybe you can touch into your connection to the Astral Sea or your divination abilities that seem to have been, you know, helpful so far in doing this. Uh, And you slip off into sleep, unknowing if anything happened. You awaken the next day. You and these forces kind of gather up your things. You can mark off a long rest. Um, We love to see it, folks. You and this group. I imagine, is there anything you would want to do prior to leaving here? You know, like, you guys kind of get on the same page that you're approaching from the south via the mountains. Something they had hoped to do, but kind of gotten had, because of circumstances, had been forced back onto the wastes. Um, So they're kind of like, we're going to try and curve from above and kind of come into it. Because it is almost hidden amongst this volcano. Like Mm -hmm. one of the, they describe that one of the biggest fountains of the fountains of creation um, has it literally like nestled, hidden from most view.
1: No, I guess I will just, um, as we're walking along, talk to, um, talk to them about if anyone has like been in the same area as Anakra. Like if they've been with him, I want to know like, I'm like, how big is he? What, you know how how far does his breath go? Like, not asking you to recount your trauma for me, but if I'm if I'm gonna face him potentially,
0: Charlotte stops for a moment in walking. You see the the group kind of pauses for a moment, and she turns. Easily hundred twenty feet long, red scales as thick as any armor you can think of, covered in spines a tail that can crack buildings in half, a breath that can shift in its power, in its range, in its type, claws that can, and she pauses for a moment. He is the most terrifying creature I've ever heard. Sounds bad. Yeah, not good. I'm pretty happy that he's been not doing that to my people. Uh, so sorry about yours. I am kind of still dealing with this whole thing. It's very intense. I'm bad at speaking. I think I have foot and mouth syndrome. Is that a thing?
1: Keep walking.
0: Okay. Ertse keeps walking.
1: Foot and ash syndrome, please.
0: (laughs) Right. Um, Keeps walking. Charlotte just looks at you and goes, at this point, it's, I am just angry. So it's fine to recount it.
1: And it's just an acra. You've never had Your people haven't had any kind of experience with any of the other dragons because we got we got a couple going on around there.
0: No, I'll be honest with you. When you said that there was another dragon attacking him, I did kind of freak a moment inside of my heart because we've only had him um, and his forces, the cult of the scale tyrant. So the idea of another dragon... Entering the phrase, okay, yeah. not good.
1: There's a couple. I, I will tell her the deal with all of the dragons, but okay. then also tell her that there some are dead. Yes, but there are also um, dragons that are not bad. There are dragons that are against what Anakra has done and are peaceful people. Um, Ambledorf, from what I've heard, uh, ripped the wings off of um, the caustic dragon in the swamps of the south. And, um, well, There is another young dragon who I believe is going to be an absolutely epic force against some of the evils that are on our side of things.
0: I hope that you are right. We'll see. She continues forward. You follow um uh, mood killed <laughs> <laughs> um
1: oh, i hate when the mood is weird on a road trip Erza.
0: i know I, and honestly like i feel like we can talk about it now this was kind of us like at the beginning of our journey i'm sorry it, kinda,
1: it was a little awk
0: yes so i apologize for my part in that i'm not good around teens i really had to settle into you being an adult and also a teen at first yeah, so it's, it's
1: okay i'm on the cusp of adulthood it's kind of a coming of age story for me
0: I am also I don't know if you've realized this again as a dwarf I am like a teen and there's to okay
1: I've had her back okay
0: (laughs) I see your crow's feet (laughs) (laughs) Um, I could say it because I have them Um, (laughs) you follow this rocky path finding it rising high above many of these mountains and as you get finally a good vantage point you see it almost mirroring deathmonger's den of the material plane you see a gargantuan volcano it's top a huge crater practically spilling with lava full rivers snaking down the dark stone similar to like the ending spoilers of lord of the rings with all of like like the the size of those streams they're huge you could see some of it like if this were in Aurelia, it would be taking up an entire avenue of lava just flowing. Um, it is both terrifying and beautiful. That feeling only magnified when you notice that before you, nestled near, probably about midway down of this massive volcano, is an equally tremendous, perhaps maybe, you know, 200 feet in, like, carving size, oddly familiar-looking trapezoidal temple, kind of a facade hidden amongst this craggy rock. As you look at it, it looks geometric, brutalist, but elegant with a eight-pointed star that glitters almost in orange amber, claw marks scratched all around it. Perhaps Anakra just came and here was like, oh! <laughs> <It's> very <laughs> angrily scratching at this symbol. It looks dwarven in make. It really does seem like the Azer and Ertz's people are definitely related to a degree mm-hmm. and you also can't help but feel a flutter in your chest as you see the eight star you know that this is i mean it's not the temple you were looking for but it's a temple of mistra
1: i really wish i could text smite right now
0: as you're looking down at this and you see like some of their forces you know a few guard and you're thinking that thought you hear your speaking stone ring and that is where we're going to end our episode today. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Try Not to Die. Uh, if you would like to support us, um, please go to our Patreon. Shout out to our Eldritch patrons. If you would like to become, well, go to patreon.com slash try not to die pod um uh, we are literally about to record the content search for march uh, this is coming out in april but it's going <laughs> <laughs> to be
1: it's going to be 9 to 5 <laughs>
0: featuring um, two incredible guests who Ooh, we know you're gonna love.
1: Four people around the table, baby. I had to
0: get another cable, ba- gang. I had you got to. A, I
1: got a chair across from me. It's crazy. That is an unfamiliar sight. You're gonna
0: have to look at someone besides me. <laughs>
1: Disgusting.
0: Um, so, thank you so much for listening. Uh, any plugs? Obviously, social. Follow us
1: at Try Not to Die Pod. Lord, things are heating, heating up. Heating up, and don't forget
0: to review us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts.
1: All The places D- I
0: don't know, Doozer, Google? Google, whatever, so, whatever Pod they got out there, Podbean. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so yes, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, try not to die. All hell our Eldritch patrons. Especially Anita, Ashley, Becca B, Colleen, Claire, Elana, Emily, Jacob, James, Kate, Leo, May, Morgan, Nat, Nicola, Paige, Roni, Sahara, and of course, our producer, Patty, Patrick Branstetter, and producer, Daddies, Becca Mount, and Rose Evelyn Campbell. We thank you for these podcasting powers and promise to raise hell in your names. Until next time, try not to die.